गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबॉडी आई स्नेग्धा शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड ट्वेंटी फोर्थ नवम्बर This podcast is for those who do not have time to read newspaper themselves. The analysis of the editorial is given on the last segment of the podcast. Let's get started. Happy preparation. The first article of the day is some of the COVID-19 mortality was avoidable. In India the varying death rate across states during the pandemic points to the neglect of health in public policy. This article is written by Pullapure Balakrishnan and Srinath K Nambudhiri. 8 months into the COVID-19 epidemic there is an understandable longing for a return to normalcy in everyday lives. With the slowing of the growth of infections we want to go about our business and social life in a way that we are used to however there is one area in which we cannot afford to return to the old normal and that is the attention paid actually the lack of it to the health and public policy we are by now in a position to at least tentatively quantify how much its neglect has cost us in the past 8 months public expenditure on health repeated reference to the relatively low death rate in india compared to parts of americas has meant overlooking the wide variation in the death rate across the states of india in our work we have tried to see whether it is possible to make sense of this pattern as there is variation in the per capita income of states we commenced by looking for a relationship between income levels and deaths We found that far from income contributing to the prevention of death from COVID-19, states with a higher per capita income often had higher death rates. It suggests that the wealth of a state has not acted as a shield against death for a section of its population. So what then can explain the varying death rates across India? Data suggests that it is the level of public expenditure on health. There is high variation among India states in the public expenditure on health as a share of the dooms domestic product and the death rate is negatively related to it negatively related to it this even having allowed for the possible impact of the age profile of the population and its density in the interest of our communication we have suppressed all technical details relating to the methodology and measurement The study is available from us on request. A small additional detail in our finding may be mentioned. While there is strong relationship between the death rate and public health expenditure, there is much less between the death rate and medical infrastructure in the public sector, be it hospitals or hospital beds per person. The clue to this most likely lies in the observation made by the well-known surgeon Dr. Devi Prasad Shetty that it is doctor who treats patients not hospital. bits funding is important actually during an epidemic much needs to be done beyond treating patients in intensive care units at the final stage of the disease there is detection contract contra- contact tracing and isolation needed even before treatment now an effective combination of medical expertise protocols and management practices becomes central to the effectiveness of the response to an epidemic 
Health professionals at the World Health Organization have observed that sufficient funding is what enables this to occur within the short span afforded by a health emergency. The data that is by now available on the process of COVID-19 across India allows us to at, la- at least take a view on whether some deaths may have been prevented even at the income level that we have. If we apply the death rate in the state with a median level of public health expenditure to the national population, we would get an estimate of what would have been the number of deaths were public expenditure on health across the country the same as that of median Indian state. The difference between actual death and the figures give us the estimate of how many deaths could have been saved at the at the Legard state spent uh, more of their income on public health. Growth over health When this uh, computation is done, we find that approximately 72% of 1.25 lakh deaths that have occurred till November 7 could have been saved. This estimate should be treated with caution. It is possible that the state with the median health expenditure has some unique characteristics that reduce the death rate from COVID-19. It is also possible that its death rate is underestimated. As there is no certainty on these issues as of now, we treat our estimates of lives that could have been saved as indicative of the potential of a well-funded public health system rather than being definitive by itself. A secondary funding of our study is that the state-wise pattern of public expenditure on health is inversely related to per capita income of the states. Simply put, health spend of the richer states in relation to the domestic product is lower than that of the poorer states. So, the neglect of health in public policy can be termed a choice made by these states. They prioritize economic growth over the health of their population. The example of the Northeast. We tested our hypothesis on the role of public health expenditure in preventing death from COVID-19 over diverse fields. We first took it to a northeastern India which has registered much lower death rates than the rest of the country. This pattern has led to speculation on the innate characteristics of the population of this region and claims of its lower exposure to the virus. On the second of these, actually the percentage of the population infected in the northeastern state is not much lower than that in the rest of the country. On the first, no reference to population genetics is needed to explain the northeastern experience. The states of the northeastern are among the highest spenders on public health in our country. Only the states of Jammu and Kashmir prior to disembarment was in the same league. Next, we tested our funding across the eight countries of South Asia. Here, there is a particularly marked negative relationship between public expenditure on health and death rate from COVID-19. And generally, the richer countries spend proportionately more on public health. Apparently, the inverse relationship between national income and public health expenditure is pathology peculiar to India's states. Finally, whatever may be our findings on the role of public health expenditure in preventing death from COVID-19, it would be naive to imagine that health security can be achieved by throwing money at the problem. The governance challenge, even once the COVID-19 virus has become less deadly, we are likely to continue to suffer from air pollution, a medically recognized threat to life. It is significant that again it is the richest part of the country but is more threatened by it. 
but the least battle with poor air quality cannot be overcome through more money with its government it is closely related to the government challenged at the heart of indian democracy air pollution in delhi is caused by combination of stubble burning in the neighborhood neighboring states and rampant con- constructive activities motor vehicle motor vehicles and garbage burning with its own territory all of which can be mitigated through public policy interventions with respect to the first it has actually been suggested that public funds to be used to pay farmers to stop burning this stubble this would not just be a reversal of commonly accepted principle of environmental economics that the polluter pays but untenable from the ethical standpoint in most of the case mentioned above it is relatively better off section of the population that is impairing the lives of the rest by their pursuit of personal gain economic policy that prioritizes growth even by default can lead to environmental damage and a political process without ethical awareness cannot confront it at its source The second article of the day is banking health and the K curve dynamics. Focusing on trends and valuation matrix can provide clues more stronger banks are needed. This article is written by Srinivasan Varadarajan. As a financial ecosystem navigated one more potholes last week while depositors in Lakshmi Vilas Bank Limited getting bailed out, the implication of the RBI's sleight of hand have got all stakeholders thinking. about the way forward throw in the non banking financial companies or nbfcs into this cocktail and sense a lot of pieces are likely to move in this jigsaw puzzle while different stakeholders may have their own opinion on the way forward for the financial sector markets to a large extent incorporate those different views and reflect it in the price performance of individual banks such price action of banks can give us very useful insights of how the financial system dynamics are likely to change in the coming years Focusing on the trends in evaluation matrix since the ILF and S crisis can give us some important pointers on how the system is likely to take shape. What is the market prognosis right now? A key metric. Any sector expert would tell you that the key metric for financial companies would be the price to book value that is P by BV. The P by BV holds a mirror on the two critical attributes to the market values. Most adequacy of current capital and runway available to the entity for profitable growth a p by bvb ratio above 1 indicate that the market believes that the company can grow and generate return to equity above the hurdle rate that the investors expect the faster it can grow or the greater the speed of the roe above the hurdle rate the greater the p by b multiple above 1 a p by bv below 1 on the other hand indicates that the market either does not believe the bank has recognized all its bad loans or has a business model to deliver returns above the hurdle rate this may be because the bank does not have a good deposit franchise has bad cost discipline or broken lending model private banks dispersion now let us see what the market is telling us through prevailing p by bvs need to look at the banks p by bvs over a period you have bank that have a p by bv above 4 below while some other languish at much below 1 even at 0.25 With NBFCs, uh, the P by BV range is even wider. With some NBFCs being valued in excess of seven, the growth trajectories of those oh man, why the growth trajectories of these entities with the spurs.
The growth trajectories of these entities with dispersed P by BV will be varied, resulting in classic K curve playing out. The K curve depicts the inequality existing between different financial entities in terms of their attributes that determine their future growth and profitability. Widening of the arms of the K would imply that in the equality that inequality is increasing, while narrowing of the span of the K would mean the opposite. Looking at the private sector uh, sector banks, one can clearly see a couple of banks which have already had their P by B above three on a consistent basis. Capital is available in plenty for these banks, and the market is bet- betting that these banks will grow much above system average and generate attractive ROE. This would imply that these banks will have disproportionate incremental market share on both assets and liabilities. Next comes uh, next comes a set of banks which have had P by BV. Of above 1.5 for most periods of time, the market insight on these banks is that they are long-term bets, have access to sufficient capital, but have to demonstrate a business model that works across cycle. As comfort level increases on the business model, the P by BV should climb as runway from for growth is available for these banks. Both the above sets of banks, alpha banks, would form one form of the game, having adequate access to capital and the intrinsic ability to grow market share. The only constraint for these banks would be their ability to grow their liability franchise as changes in the market share on deposits are much lower than changes on the asset side. The other private sector banks have a P by BV of around 1 or much below 1 for some of them which have demonstrated an ability to raise capital even through COVID-19 times. It is a business model issue and whether they have strength to grow profitably in a sustainable manner the new generation banks amongst these have to demonstrate consistent growth and stability on the liability side to earn their stripes for a higher p by bv again quite a few of the old generation private sector banks have an issue with the credibility of the business models and their ability to generate above hurdle roe through the cycle while they may have reasonably stable liability franchise The market perceives issues with their leading uh, lending practices and their buy asset quality. That is the reason why their P by BV at is at very low levels. They need to transform themselves by upgrading technology, add skiller manpower, and improve management quality and governance. Roadmap for public banks coming to their PSUs. Their current governance model depresses valuation. Their P by BV would better reflect their intrinsic strengths when the bank are run in a professional manner, with an ability to decide their own destiny. The largest bank in the country is surely part of the Alpha Bank as its ability to attract capital and grow profitably. is well uh, is well accepted the other psu banks are viewed by the market broadly as a homogeneous set with similar business models and skill sets along with the government move to consolidate psu banks into few large banks a new vision needs to be drawn out from these banks to ensure that they have differing value propositions to offer to the economy and market there needs to be a clear level playing field amongst all banks and the government should move to paying transparent and fair compensation for services rendering to various state sponsored programs to all players psu banks should be free to adopt human resource practices to onboard lateral talent to fill in skill set gaps and adapt to the new digital world this coupled with better governance is a recipe for higher p by bv for psu banks more alpha banks needed So what happens from here on the consensus opinion would be that the alpha banks widen the gap with respect to the rest thereby widening the k curve even more and squeezing out the weak banks if one looks at the financial performance of banks over the last few years this trend is palpably seen 
lending more credence to the widening K curve hypothesis. However, there is clearly more room for banks to migrate into alpha bank states. Vision, perseverance, and consistent execution will make that happen. For the wheels of the economy to grind faster and higher, we need more than the current handful of alpha banks to propel it. And it is in all stakeholders' interest to do their bit to make that happen. The multi-baggers lie in spotting the bank that can straddle the K. The system can ill afford another LVB. For NBFCs, it is a more scary thought. Would both arms of the K remain is a moot question for them. Or would the more valued NBFCs be the ones that become the part of the Alpha Banks in the long term?